Welcome to Converse on the Couch from Lifestance Health, where each episode you'll hear engaging informative conversations with leading mental health professionals that will help guide you on your journey to leading a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, and welcome to Converse on the Couch by Lifestance Health. I'm Nikki Lianza. And on this episode, I'll be talking with Kevin Foley, a counselor from our Tulsa, Oklahoma office, on tips for teachers, parents, and students for a successful school year. So welcome, Kevin. Great to have you on. Thanks, Nikki. It's great to be here. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a parent. I've also taught before, and I know this time of year can be really, really stressful as everyone's trying to kind of get ready to go back to school. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I know you'll share some tips all across the board, not just for students, but for teachers and for parents as well. So I know this will be a great conversation for us. So I appreciate you having me. I look forward to it. Thank you. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, counseling is my second career. My first career was teaching um, in the classroom for 25 years and 13 years as an administrator. And I am a parent myself. I've got two children, 14 and 10 year old. Um, 14 is going on 30. So that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I've been in all the roles myself and started for school year. It can be really, really exciting, nerve wracking. Um, and as a parent, sometimes it's something I'm really looking forward to, to get them back in school. <laughs> and sometimes it's, uh, you know, you want the best for them and you're really, uh, really hopeful for it. And you, you want it to go as smoothly as you can. And that could bring the anxiety up as well. So, you know, everything's all wrapped in at the same time. Yeah, you know? for sure. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what made you decide to move careers or switch careers? Yeah. Uh, so my, my teaching has predominantly been in independent schools. So um, I grew up in Boston. My first teaching job was inside the Beltway, D.C. And it was a school that was very similar to one uh, that I had attended. So it was a real natural fit for me. I got to coach. I got to teach. I got to advise. Uh, and I had some fantastic teachers in my life. So, you know, being able to be somebody like that for somebody else was just a nice fit for me. Um and then I I left there and went to a school down in Dallas uh, where I got to do a lot of the same and move into some administrative roles. And then I met my wife and we moved to a school in Knoxville. So that she's from Tulsa and that's why I'm here now. So Knoxville is exactly the same distance from Boston and Tulsa. So it's very fair, but we never saw either family because <laughs> we were further <laughs> furthest away. Um, so independent schools allowed me to find a school that fit me, and that's really important. Um, so when we, it was time to move on again, we moved to Tulsa, and uh, I had gotten my um, counseling degree actually when I was in D.C., and uh, I just never went for the full licensure. I wanted all the skill work because I was teaching, yeah. and I could use all those skills um, with parents, with my students, and things like that. When I came to Tulsa, the number of teaching spots just weren't there. And I've been teaching for 25 years. I was ready for something new. I think there's a lot of crossover between teaching and counseling. I think they're both relational. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just all about connecting. And uh, it was time for me to try something new. And it's just been a real smooth transition for me. So yeah. Great. That's great. Yeah. That has been a smooth uh, transition. I agree. There's a lot of crossover, 100% mm -hmm. crossover. Mm -hmm. So 
as we start our conversation here, let's talk about parents. Okay, let's start with that. What are some tips you can share for parents who are getting ready for their children to return to school? Well, I think the first one that came to mind as I was thinking about uh, preparing for today is uh, making sure you're checking yourself as the kids are going off to school because we have our concerns and we have what we're nervous about and making sure we're not putting that in their backpack as they go off to school. Because we're like, oh, I hope the teacher likes them. I hope that they're not too nervous about school. I hope they let the child have their experience going to school and they've got enough on their own mind. So we're the adults. We know that there are certain things that can happen. There are certain things that they're gonna be excited about but they may be excited about different things. So yeah. the best job we can do is to make sure that they're ready, that they've got their sleep, that they've got a good breakfast every day, that they know what to expect um, and allow them to have their own experience. I really think that that's critical for the kids. Uh, we can model how to be calm in those situations and how to react to those situations. Um, if the child expresses any kind of anxiety, uh, the second thing I would say is to make sure that we're there and to listen to that. It's not our job to fix it every time we want to, but make sure that we're listening to that. Um, and the, I think the toughest thing for the child switching from summer to school is getting that routine in place. Good point. Um, and I have been guilty of this myself. And a lot of the families that I deal with in my practice uh, they always have the greatest plans, but the night before school is always, okay, now we have to get to bed on time. Whatever you could do to smoothly transition into that school um, sleep and wake time, uh, right. the, the smoother you can make that transition, the better. So sometimes it's uh, depending on how varied it is, maybe, you know, knocking 15 minutes off each side just to get back into that rhythm. Right. Uh, Cause a good night's sleep is probably the best thing that the child can do. So that's, that, that's, a, you know, really quickly uh, check in your own stuff. Just make yeah. sure if you're nervous about something, you're not just assuming that for the child, listening when they bring you something. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't mean you have to fix it, but you could problem solve it. Sometimes they just wanna be able to say it and then make it sure they've got a good routine in place. Yeah. You bring up three huge points that I think as parents, you know, one that when we're anxious, we can very easily project that under our children, assume they're anxious about the same thing. So I like that you may know that they might be worrying about different things or excited about different things too. Yeah. That, that transition from summer to you know school year is key. I think you know mm -hmm. starting a few weeks ahead of time, knocking off 15 minutes. I, I I think parents sometimes forget that you know starting the day before school starts probably not the best. So I, these are all great, really great tips that you share. Yeah. So if we're going to shift gears a little bit, what are some tips for teachers who are preparing for the new school year? I, I think, you know, teachers have really, obviously I'm a fan of teachers, having been one and having worked with them. I know that a lot is on their plate. Um, I was always excited for the beginning of the school year, and I know a lot of the teachers are too. Um, and then they get to school, and it becomes all about preparing for the school. And so sometimes they can be overwhelmed with all the preparing things and having all these things in place and getting the classroom ready. And so th there's a kind of a tension between there's all the uh, minutia of the things that have to get done and the excitement of just seeing the new faces and meeting the new kids. Um, 
one of my experiences, I remember I was uh, working at a brand new school, brand new building, um, literally like they, the uh, construction guys were coming around and still fixing things the oh, day wow. before the school was going to open, which is pretty typical for construction. You know, they're doing the punch list and all that. And our admissions guys walking around and asking, you know, so you're ready? And I was like, no, not even close. And he's like, doesn't matter. They're coming. And I use that all the time, even today in my practice. It's just like, whether you're ready or not, it's happening. So let's get ready for it. Let's just enjoy the moment that's going to happen. Um, and whether or not your math is going to go the way you expect it, your attitude is going to go. And those students are going to appreciate your attitude. Um, I was, I'm a middle school guy. It's my favorite division. You know, I'm six foot four. If I work in the elementary school, I'm just a big piece of furniture. And in the high school, I love talking to them. So middle and up is, is you know, the conversations I really enjoy having. So I know my zone. Like I know when I'm placed where I'm supposed to be. And in the middle school, they'll make you pay if you're not who you are. If you're not authentic, that's what they're looking for. They're trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. So I've, my advice when I was hiring is be yourself. Because if you try to be the cool hip teacher and you're a nerd, no. It's they're, they're going to say, no, thank you. Like, this is what I'm trying to do every day is be somebody else. So be yourself. Enjoy the moment that you're having with these kids because they don't always have a lot of real connections with it. I, I think the challenge I had getting ready for today is there are so many teachers out there at different levels teaching different subjects. You know, it's really hard to find advice or, or suggestions that cover everything. And I think that's the way a lot of our teachers feel is that there's just so much that's being asked of them. And I think they just have to boil down to, so what are my top goals that I'm trying to take care of this year? Because um, that's going to be what's going to keep their sanity is these are the things that I'm making sure happen. This is who I am. This is what I want to make sure it gets done. Well, like the core values that teachers should hold for themselves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you have the most control over. You're going to have to hit the targets of the standardized testings. You're going to have to hit the curricular goals. But what's going to come through all of that is who you are, because that's not going to change. Um, and that's what the kids will remember. And uh, you know, all those cliche things are true. You know, they may not remember what you said, but they're going to remember how you feel, how they feel in your class. So mm -hmm. I, I really do think there's a lot of value there. Um, and take care of yourself. You're going to have to do things for yourself and you're going to feel like you don't have the time for it. But right. you really, right. really don't have the time not to. If you're not doing something for yourself that's enjoyable, if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, I know the big uh, self-care industry is a thing yeah. now, yeah. But, but it's coming from someplace that is valuable not actually doing something to take care of yourself mm -hmm. the rest really won't follow um, so find out what that thing is and, and and treat yourself to that you know show yourself that grace because the rest will just not follow out of that if you don't i agree wholeheartedly you know i was gonna i, I know there can be for some teachers some burnout that happens you know maybe there's mm -hmm. that excitement and the anticipation of new school year but it maybe as the school year goes on or maybe doing it for year after year after year, mm -hmm. there might be some 
burnout that happens. And I think right. that's the emphasizing too the the, the self compassion, the self care, all that is so critical. And I don't, I think teachers might forget about that sometimes taking care of themselves. Absolutely. I, I know when I was, uh, you know, a, a young teacher, or an early teacher, you know. Um, the, one of the benefits that I felt was that I had the opportunity to do something different in the summer. And it certainly isn't that you get summers off. I hate it when people talk I like know. that and then they say that because every teacher understands you do not. Yeah. But but you sometimes have an opportunity to do something different in the summer, which is kind of a fresh start. Like you could do something and then come back to the school in the fall. Even if you're doing summer school, it's it's a different pace. It may be a different class. It may be a different subject. And then you get to start over in the fall. And so that's just kind of like a little boost of something new, something different, whether it's a different grade level that you've been pushed into or a different subject that you're assigned. Um, and there's always new faces. So that's you get to kind of get a little adrenaline lift at that point. And so I try to run with that a little bit. Um, as opposed to, yep, it's Monday, and here's another set of reports or whatever. Like you get to lift with that a little bit. So right. I don't uh, accept that as the positive that it can be. For sure, for sure. So we're going to shift gears a bit. Let's talk about students getting ready to head back to school. What are some tips for them? Okay. Well, okay. So they get all the attention, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think they're the ones with all the expectations, right? So um, I think a lot of well-meaning people are saying, you know, oh, you're gonna love it. It's great. It's better than last year. Uh, you get to do all these things and um, they're nervous, uh, especially if it's a transitional year, right? So now you're in this division. Uh, right. and now this is gonna be expected of you and they're feeling like they're not ready for it. Um, and yet they always are, aren't they, right? So right. sometimes it's nice to remind them of, you know, you've been in situations like this before, listen to what they might be nervous about, um, validate those feelings. Uh, I, I, I'm back on the parent thing again, I know. Um, but that's that's what we're trying to do is, is allow them to find those answers, you know, like... Mm -hmm. uh, you can't just tell them it's going to be all right because there's going to be some scary things there, exactly. some different things. Um, to help the the child deal with that, um, you could visit the school, like take some time and walk around those hallways if, you know, on the scheduled pickup days and things like that. Um, I've had some parents who've, you know, created reasons to go up to the school and say, oh, I've got to go pick up a form. And then they'll walk around a couple of extra times just so that they feel more comfortable in that hallway. Oh, I remember that. That's down by where the water fountain is. Or yeah, that's the classroom. And they just kind of feel a little bit more at ease in that building for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I know some schools will have like an early back or academy or something like that over the summers. I know we're a little late on that now, but um, in future years, you might remember that. Yeah. Um, it's just preparation Remember, can be very exactly hard, just right? being prepared for what's coming um, and having them think of that. I think the times to have these conversations generally they don't like to sit down across the table and say, "So tell me what you're thinking of." Um, but while you're driving someplace, they'll stare out one window while you're paying attention to traffic, and they'll say, "I wonder if." Or do you think anybody has ever actually died going to school for the first day? And then you could say, gee, I don't know. I wonder what would 
make you think that. Um, or if you have to leave for a very important um, meeting or um, dinner date with some friends, that's when they'll drop these big questions on you, right? Because <laughs> they know you can't pin them down and say, tell me why you're so worried about it. Like they know when your hands are full of groceries that that's when they give you the big things. So acknowledge that, be ready for that and, and say, gee, I, I can tell that you're really nervous about school and I'd love to talk to you about that and take some time when you can. Um, and for the students themselves, I want to make sure that they've got uh, a plan for how they're going to stay organized. Mm -hmm. um, having a good, quiet place at home that they're going to do their homework, recognizing right. that homework can happen. Right. Um, and that's just someplace that's regular, a good routine, uh, free from distraction. Um, seeing the teachers as allies and that they can yeah. go to them for help because that's why they're there. They really do enjoy that. Um, I always do like a twofold thing when I'm working with students uh, in my practice. It's, you know, there's two things that can happen when you ask them for help. One, you're letting them know you care about the class. You know, whether or not you want to be a mathematician, it's just like, you know, I really do want to be successful in your class, whatever. I want to know what the trick is to be successful here. And then the, the counterpart to that is now I'm accountable for your class because I told you <laughs> that. <laughs> I want to do well here. So the teacher will just kind of keep an eye out for you as things are going and uh, they'll watch to see if you start slipping and they'll make sure that you're, you're, you're catching things. And that's good. That's good. Yeah, that they'll keep an great. eye out for you because they won't let you just drift. And then all of a sudden it's the end of the semester and you're failing. Right. Um, they'll just keep you herded in, you know, Yeah, which is so important. I, I think it's helping students recognize you and your teacher are on the same team. You guys are on the same side. It's not, they're not out to get you or trying to make yeah. things hard for you. I think it's really helping them with the perspective of being on the same side. Same with parents viewing teachers. It's it's all a team working to support students, you know, which leads yep. to, a, a, I think, a good question, too, of looking at, like, how the roles for parents, teachers, and students have changed over the years. Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously been a lot of change. Um, I think as more and more things have been put on the teacher's plate, um, you know, their attention gets spread and then, you know, things, the, the knobs get turned up on um, intensity, you know, and things have to happen a certain way. And then the schools get graded and funding gets attached to it. Um, I had a really good friend who went in first uh, for like a, an evaluation and he his first question was you know is, is my salary tied to this and they're like well why do you ask and they're just like well if my salary is tied to this i'm your best employee you've ever seen but if this is for my self-improvement then i've got some concerns that i'd love for your help so i can improve and it really changes how you do things because mm -hmm. generally you know teachers want to do their best work and they want to know how they can help the child but if my students are struggling because that's the message you want to hear about grades. Here's where you can improve. Then their grades aren't good. And then I'm not being seen as a good teacher. Then we don't get the funding. Well, that changes the whole algorithm, doesn't it? Yes. So if I give everybody good grades and the parents are happy and then we get more funding, well, that says one thing, but mm -hmm. it's not accurate. And then the kid thinks he's a genius, but he's not. Right. right. So like we have to be honest about what we're talking about. Um, Sometimes the classes are so big 
that it's a lot easier to think that everybody's doing well. So when that student raises his hand and says, I really didn't get what you were just saying, that student's saying, I could use a little bit of help. The nine other kids in the class who are afraid to raise their hand are going to get the same help. (laughs) And the teacher's going to get feedback on what I thought was going to work isn't working. Let's try something different. And then we're going to have better prepared kids. The parents are going to understand there's a teacher who cares and is changing things to help my child. So everybody's going to get along and move forward better is what I would like to see the model be. Um, So the more that we can work together and communicate effectively, the better system we're going to have. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, So if the parent communication comes in in that honest way, Mm-hmm. Not what are you doing to my kid? You're failing them. How can we help Johnny do better in the class? Mm-hmm. It seems like he's not doing very well. Then we're also modeling for Johnny how to ask for help and to yeah. advocate, yes. which is very helpful, uh, as opposed to helping Johnny see that the teacher's the problem with his success because the teacher hates him. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful. Right. Um, if we all have this goal of everything going well, then we're all going to get to a place where everybody does better. Um, There are oftentimes there will be parents that I'll work with that have a child that struggles in school because school is not perfect for everybody. Sometimes it's a very difficult system for especially non-neurotypical kids to Mm -hmm. find success in. And they may even already have a 504 or an IEP in place, but those are 30 page documents right. that teachers have to read. And they have six of those in their class of 30. Right. How do they get all that done the two days before the school starts? So I've recommended that parents talk to the teachers um, early in the school year, but maybe not the first week. Let's let them feel each other out a little bit, but maybe supply like a, a bullet list of, you know, here are some things that work really well for my child, and here are some things that don't work really well for my child. Mm, that's just, excellent. Just make it really simple for both of them to get along well um, without tipping the hand, if you will, or say, oh, I've got this problem, child. But it's just like, here are some things that we've found have helped mm. Sally be successful in years past, or maybe they'll work well for you. And then it's kind of a bid and an opening to, we want to communicate and be helpful in the success of Sally in your class. Um, Again, it's to differentiate among the 30 and we're interested and we want to partner with you uh, this year. I I think it sends a great message, you know, as we're talking about, you know, ways for students, teachers and parents to work better together to support one another, you know, that that parent or that student sending some bullet points of like, hey, this is what works for this student or this is what works for me. It's showing the eagerness of communicating, of supporting one another, right? I think yeah. it's starting off from the from the gate in a very positive way, and that message for the whole team, you know, for that teacher, be like, okay, look at this. This is helpful for me to know what works for the students, and I'm going to try to do my best to kind of align my teaching, perhaps, that we can work best for the students. And I, I think it's just such an excellent tip to give. That one that I know, even as someone who used to work in schools and being a parent and just currently being a psychotherapist, never thought about. So I, I think that's such a great tip right there. I appreciate yeah. it for sure. 
And I think I, I've seen it come very heavy handed in the past. Like this is what you have to do for my child. And that always puts somebody on their heels. Yeah. And then other people are just too um, quiet and you get, you know, three months into the school year. I didn't realize that he couldn't hear out of his left side. I've been on this side of the room mm. and yelling at him because he's ignoring me. Well, somewhere in between there, we can find a, you know, a middle road. It's just FYI, you know, Gotcha. thought you should know it's like great so i'll just make sure i'm more like this if he if it seems like he's not paying attention if i shift over here i might have better luck i'd like to know that that's all yeah yeah i would think that would be an important like that example i did that would be a very important thing i would think should be communicated so but i can also see how stuff like that can totally not get communicated and so how then how that harms the whole team you know the teacher the student and then the parent as well so right any other takeaways, takeaways you'd like to share about, you know, anyone getting ready to head back to the new school year? Um, I always struggle or uh, try to keep in mind, you know, the concept of uh, fresh start and clean slate is something that always comes up at the beginning of the year. It's like, how much do I want to know beforehand? Um, I know I personally, at the beginning of the, um, year I always wanted to have a lot of information but I didn't always want to read it before I met them you know I wanted to have my own kind of experience of an introduction so I didn't make any preconceived conclusions okay because summertime is a time for growth for a lot of kids you know mm -hmm. and, and a lot of things could change um Especially like when you have siblings. Oh, you're Johnny's little brother. Right, right. Um, and I always made it a point over, uh, you know, when I met siblings, I'd be like, oh, um, you know, John's your brother, you know, kind of thing. Just trying to flip that dynamic because I'm sure they've been hearing it for years, Boy, you know. Right. It's like mm -hmm. this guy's followed, you know, somebody yeah. else for all that time. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. so John's your brother. Um, or something like that. And just sometimes that can make all the difference in the world if they feel like they're having their own experience. Um, and so just trying to have the opportunity for either yourself or the child. Um, and this goes for parents as well. It's just like, oh, you have Mrs. Henderson. She's so mean. It's just kind of like, well, there's a lot of things that happen over the summer. You know, even teachers go to a different training right. or, right. um, this is a different class than that. Now they're in the sixth grade and then they've always been, I've seen frustrated um, upper school literature teachers trying to teach grammar in middle school. And it's just, you know, that's not what they wanted. That's not the class. And so now they're in the section that they really flourish. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, sometimes things just balance and, and they work and sometimes they don't, mm -hmm. and, but you just can't assume that. Um, Sometimes you have a young teacher who may be right out of school and they're amazing. <laughs> and sometimes you got an old veteran who has amazing new tricks. Mm. So give it a little bit of time. Sometimes there has to be a little shakeout. Um, so I, I think it's a matter of cooperating. I think it's a matter of, you know, giving a little uh, mm. road for, for the bugs to shake out a little bit there. Uh, and I'm a big fan of the students advocating and learning how to get through some of these themselves. Because if there's always a swoop and a save, and then they, True. their empowerment gets cut out. 
Uh, and I think the, the lesson there is that somebody else has to fix the situations that I'm in. So, I mean, there was a lot of word salad there, but. Um, but I mean, you bring up a good point, you know, especially as you're talking before we were talking about parents, you know, not always sweeping in to fix the, the issue. I think right. there's something to be said of part of what we're trying to teach students is also how to navigate their own skills to improve a situation or a problem or navigate a problem or solve a problem on their own. And that always, right. I think that's so crucial. Even when we talk about mental health and how to navigate their own, their anxiety, their own mm -hmm. big emotions at time, I think it's so crucial. I think that's where we come in as therapists to help them for sure. Right. So one of my younger child's teachers, you know, had an expression that they called, you know, productive struggle. You know, there's something about, you know, reaching yeah. a, a challenge and then seeing a way through it. You don't want to just have somebody being in a meaningless, just overwhelmed. Um, and a lot of conversations that I have is, you know, especially with something like homework, it's like, when am I ever going to have to use this? Well, it's really not about what the problem's asking. It's just about like managing all the work is the actual challenge yes. you know so it's yeah. like how do you manage the work how do you take your week-long schedule because you want to be on the lacrosse team you want to mm -hmm. play baseball right. so how do you balance all the things you want to do with what the things are being asked of you right. um, taking that broader perspective to help the students see the bigger picture of it you know i i think sometimes we miss that with them of like this is truly how this can help you navigate life moving forward you know, navigating your job, things like that. A household, right? Exactly. So I and you that. want to spend that time with your friends online and that's fine. You know, so mm -hmm. how do we fit that in? It's not a either or. Right. Um, it's an and thing. So how do we, and how do we get that done? Because um, right now it's interfering. So how, mm -hmm. do we, how do we make it so that they can both exist in a healthy way? It's not a no, you can't. It's a how right. do we get that so it could both work? And that's um, if we can both look at it to solve as opposed to it's it's a conflict for us, then I think it's a healthier way to, to approach. Yeah, I agree. And so I want to say thank you, Kevin. You gave some great tips here and really coming from the point of view of it being a team and supporting one another and problem solving together, you know, as opposed to coming out of place of, pointing the finger and, and villainizing, you know, I think the key part of communicating among the team of being a teacher, a parent, or a student. So you give some so much great advice there. And I, I know thank I you. appreciate it as a parent, as a therapist, as a teacher myself, things like that. So thank you again. I'd love to have you back on. Oh, I'd love to do it anytime. Thank you so much.